Now it's good to see everyone here today. Thank you so much for coming along to the meeting. And we just trust the Lord will bless us as we read his word together and seek to preach the wonderful message of the gospel from his word. I'm going to read some verses today from the gospel of Mark in our New Testament, Mark's gospel in chapter 2. And we're going to read about one of the miracles of the Lord Jesus. Mark chapter 2 and verse 1. This is the word of the Lord. And again, he that is Jesus entered Capernaum after some days, and it was heard that he was in the house. Immediately many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. And he preached the word to them. Then they came to him bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic man, Son, your sins are forgiven you. And some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, Why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves, He said to them, Why do you reason about these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven you, or to say, Arise, take up your bed, and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, Arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. Immediately he arose, took up the bed, and went out in the presence of them all, so that all were amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw anything like this. I trust the Lord will bless the reading of his word uh, to us today. Uh, Lest there's any feeling discouraged today, uh, it is a mistake on the notices. I'm not speaking again next Sunday, uh, just to clarify that at the beginning. Uh, We've read today one of the wonderful miracles of the Lord Jesus. And just at the start of the meeting today, it's good just to emphasize that the message we preach, it's not about us. Uh, And it's not about what we think. uh, And it's not about, you know, our kind of uh, teaching. But the message that we preach today is all about the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we are here today and we can say uh, with one from the word of God that we preach Christ and him crucified. And so let me at the beginning of the meeting just emphasize the fact that the Lord Jesus is the central focus of our message today. And the purpose of our meeting is that if you do not know him as your own saviour, If you have never confessed Jesus as Lord, that today you might just hear the voice of God speaking to your heart, and that you might just turn and trust the Lord Jesus 
uh, as your saviour. An old hymn comes to my mind just while I'm speaking. Uh, The the hymn is in Redemption Songs, I think, and it is, He is not a disappointment. He is more than life to me. Uh, And that's how the Christians here feel about the Lord Jesus, uh, that he is not a disappointment. And oh, that you might just come to know him today. We've read uh, a, a story from his his life here below, one of the wonderful miracles. Uh, and I just want us to see uh, the, the, the place, first of all, uh, where this took place. It's a place called Capernaum. It's a place where Jesus lived. And so it was in that place that he was teaching. And as he was teaching in a house in that place, uh, I don't know what house it was, uh, but, but the, the house was filled with people wanting to hear him speaking. Uh, and and the, you just couldn't get moved. Uh, and and you, you couldn't get in the door. And there were a group of men who had a friend who was very, very sick. And they wanted to take him to the Lord Jesus. And, and I don't know what the man that lived in the house would have thought. But they weren't going to be put off by the crowd. Uh, mind you, I hope you're not put off by the crowd. Uh, you know, the crowd can keep you from coming to Christ. Uh, But the crowd on this occasion were not going to hinder uh, these men getting their friend to Christ. And by the way, as well, it's good to have friends like that, isn't it? Maybe you're here today because friends have just asked you to come along and and to come to the meeting today and to hear the Gospels. It's good to have friends that are trying to get you to Christ. Uh, And so the friends were not going to stick and they went up on the roof and they dug away the, the roof tiles or the, 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 the material of the roof and they lowered their friend down through the roof and the Lord Jesus wonderfully healed him. There's lessons for us to learn today uh, from this story. I, I want you to, to think with me first of all that in this story we are introduced to the greatest person. The greatest person that you will ever meet. The greatest person that ever lived. We are introduced to the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. We've been singing about him today. How wonderful that children, you know, can come up here and do actions and they can sing about the man of Galilee, you know, the the, the sea walker and the blind man healer and the leper cleansing man. It's the greatest person that we could ever introduce you to. And I wonder if you know him today, the, the person of the Lord Jesus Christ the the greatest person you will ever meet he's great because of his identity he is the eternal son of the eternal God the Bible teaches us that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and the, the writer of those verses is speaking of this person the Lord Jesus Christ eternally with God and eternally God and so in the greatness of his person in in his identity he, he is the greatest person because he is God he is God over all blessed forever and if all we had to present to you today was a wonderful teacher if all we had to present to you today was 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 the Buddha you know a, a wonderful person perhaps and, and people followed him and followed his principles. But that would give you no hope. You know, it might give you some principles to live your life by. 
It, it, it might give you inner peace, I don't know, but it will give you no hope for eternity. Because we are not presenting a good man today. And we are not presenting one who is a wonderful example, though he is. But we are presenting to you the eternal Son of God. And so he is great in his identity. And because he is God, the writer could go on to say that all things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. And so he is the eternal God. And he is the creator of the universe. How wonderful to think of that. But we heard something this morning in our earlier meeting. Not only of his identity but we heard of his humility. And so that same writer that I've been quoting in his gospel went on to say, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And how wonderful to think of the, the grace and the mercy and the humility of the Lord Jesus, that although he is eternally God, we heard about it today, being in the form of God, and thought equality with God, uh, you know, not a robber's prize, not something to be grasped. But he, he made himself of no reputation. Mr. Wesley, in his wonderful hymn, could say it is mercy all. You know, he could say emptied himself of all but love. And just to think of the down stooping and the humility of the Lord Jesus that he came into this world and he dwelt among men I cannot tell why he whom angels worship should set his love upon the sons of men and yet he did and he came in loving kindness Jesus came and he came into the world to save sinners and so he is great in his identity great in his humility great in his mercy the Lord is merciful and gracious and slow to anger and abundant in mercy and as high as the heavens is above the earth so great is his mercy and so we think of the greatness of his person is it any wonder that you couldn't get into the house that day I wonder now what think ye of Christ what does he mean to you today is he your saviour and is he your Lord to know him is to have life eternal eternal life he, the, the, the writer John could write and this is life eternal that they might know thee the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent and so I wonder do we know the Lord Jesus because the first step to knowing God is to recognize who Jesus is and having done so to realize the most important thing in life is to know him as our savior and know that that might be the portion of some in the meeting today we've been quoting much from John's gospel and John reminds us that Jesus was in the world he was in the world and the world was made by him and the world knew him not. He came unto his own. 
and his own received him not. But to as many as received him gave he power to be called the children of God. Uh, wonderful to be with God's children this morning. I wonder are you one of them? Have you received the Lord Jesus as your Savior and confessed him as your Lord? In our story today, in the miracle that we've read of, we are introduced to the greatest person. We're also brought face to face with life's greatest problem. And, and you know, you might think, well, I can see what you mean. You know, the man had a debilitating disease and it's a terrible problem when disease like that. But, but you might have found the story a little bit confusing. I, I did when I used to read it. You know, they, they brought the man to the Lord Jesus and they, they, they went to great effort to bring the man and set him at the feet of the Lord Jesus. And the Lord Jesus saw the man and he's the eternal son of God. He's all-powerful and he's all-knowing. And yet he looks at the man in his condition and he says to him, Be of good cheer, child, be of good cheer. Your sins are forgiven. Well, you might have said, Oh Lord, that's not why we brought him here. You know, look, look at him. But the Lord Jesus realized that the greatest problem that this man had and the greatest problem that had to be dealt with was that the man's sins had to be forgiven. And I don't know what problems you have brought with you because life, you know, life has problems. And, and we live in a broken world and we're all just broken people. And so life brings its trouble reading through Job in, in our daily readings at the moment and, and you know we read the words as, as, as the sparks fly upward so man is born into trouble and life brings with it problems and I'm not belittling any problem you might have today but the greatest problem the greatest problem that we have is that our sins must be dealt with I had a wonderful experience at work. It's not often you can say that sentence. Uh, but I had a wonderful experience at work recently when I went into a car of a colleague uh, and, and I just noticed as he was tuning in his sat-nav in the car, I just noticed, uh, I, I just noticed city alight. Christ is mine forevermore. And I got a bit of a surprise, you know. Uh, and I said, Doug, I, I notice you're listening to city alight. Oh, I love city alight. And, and I, I didn't know the man was a Christian. Uh, I hope he knew I was. Uh, I, I hope he did. Uh, but just that two-hour journey in that car was just such a blessing. You know, to hear how this man, Doug, you know, from Glasgow, and, and he, he got an opportunity. Let me take five minutes. He got an opportunity to work in Dubai. And, and uh, an Indian man had invited him to take employment in Dubai. He went to Dubai. The man was a Christian. 
and he kept asking him to church and he kept witnessing to him and Doug was no background whatsoever didn't know anything about the gospel or church and while he was there he got a call to say his father was desperately ill and he had to go home and the last visit to his father his father said son I always promised you this watch and he says I'm going to give it to you now and he says you better have this as well and he handed him a Bible and Doug said I didn't even know my father owned a Bible and he says what's this about and he went away back to Dubai and, and eventually this man got him to go to the church that he went to in Dubai and he started to hear the gospel reading this Bible starting to think about things but this is why I started telling you this story he says you see he says I was out cycling and I was listening to this message by a, a man called Liam Gallagher I think or Gallagher and, and he says he says what happened at the cross was the title of the sermon and, and, and he was being told that what happened at the cross was that sin had to be dealt with and he says Alec he says I'm cycling and he says it just dawned on me he says I've got sin and, and my greatest issue just now was my sin and it was just amazing hearing a man you know not brought up to know about these things and all of a sudden it dawned on him that my sin must be dealt with and he realized that my sin was dealt with at the cross and he was wonderfully saved and so the greatest problem that we have that we must deal with to know God and to know the assurance of sins forgiven and to know a hope for heaven is that our sins must be dealt with and all of us are in that same position and, and, and there is no difference because sin is a universal problem and in Romans chapter 3 you will read that the scripture hath concluded that all are under sin so we have here a universal problem there's none righteous no not one there's none that seek God so lest you should think today that the people that meet in this church are just people that have kind of cleaned up their lives a bit and, and they've reformed well that's not the case uh, you know there's a fundamental universal problem that all of us have and it is that we are sinners in the sight of God it is a universal problem for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God and not only a, a universal problem but it is a, a personal problem and that's why in Psalm 51 it's a psalm of David when his sin had been brought before him you, you, you read that psalm and you will read the personal pronouns so many times have mercy upon me O God according to thy loving kindness blot out my transgressions wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity cleanse me from my sin I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin do, do you get the picture that sin is not only a universal problem because all of us can sit here and say oh I know the world's an awful place and it's getting worse the problem is not just an abstract universal problem it's a personal problem 
that each one of us have in our hearts and it is a problem that is not only personal but it is an eternal problem because many problems that we experience perhaps all of them they just affect this life and not the life to come but the problem of sin has an eternal effect and it will affect our eternal destiny for the Bible tells us that every sin and every transgression will receive a due recompense of reward and sin must be judged and sin must be dealt with and thankfully the the, the Christian can say Christ died for my sins and he bare my sins in his own body on the tree but if those sins are not dealt with and if we haven't by faith received God's forgiveness in eternity we will face the great white judgment of God and we will suffer eternal loss in what the Bible describes as the lake of fire we are brought face to face with life's greatest problem it is a principle the principle of sin is this it's a missing of the mark and and so you can just think of that um, you know I don't know uh, it's maybe not appropriate to use a sports analogy uh, for such a solemn thing as sin but, but you imagine it you know you're, you're aiming for the target perhaps in archery you're aiming for the target and that is the target that must be hit and you, you fall short and that is the idea of sin God has a standard and every one of us falls short of that standard not only is sin a, ter- a terrible principle but there's a terrible power associated with it it, it, will, it will enslave us and it will control us and it will bring us into, into bondage and slavery and so he that sins is a servant unto sin the Lord Jesus could say sin is a presence the presence of sin within us and we don't need to be told that really because we know what's in our hearts and and you know maybe 99% of the time we are very civilised but when that car cuts you off in the morning on your way to work or when someone steps in front of you in the queue or when someone says something unkind about you you'll soon know about the presence of sin and all that rises up in you and sin as we have thought today has a terrible penalty and God in his holiness we sang of it holy, holy, holy God in his holiness must punish sin if not in time in eternity. But then let me come to the good news of the gospel and let me speak about the greatest pardon. There is forgiveness for sin and it is possible that sins can be completely blotted out. And so there's a wonderful provision being made for the forgiveness. The psalmist could say in Psalm 130, out of the depths I have cried unto thee and perhaps that's where you are today you're just realizing for the first time (coughs) excuse me that you are in the depths of sin 
and despair and the psalmist in that psalm goes on to say Lord if you should mark iniquity who shall stand but there is forgiveness with thee that thou mayest be fear and so Campbell Morgan in his commentary in the gospel says that there, there, there they heard the word forgiven thy sins are forgiven there they heard the word forgiven the word for which the heart of any honest man longs to hear more than any other maybe you're here today and you just long to hear the word forgiven God has provided the forgiveness of sins he's provided it in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ through this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins Acts chapter 13 the, the price for forgiveness has been paid uh, wonderful to think of that that through his blood we have the forgiveness of sins in him we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sins and so the price of forgiveness is the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and so there is the, the, the wonderful provision of forgiveness and it's in a person it's in the Lord Jesus Christ and he alone can forgive sins please don't think you know that, that, that a visit to a church building and a visit to a confessional and confessing your sins to a man will bring absolution and don't think the saying of prayers and the doing of penance will forgive sins forgiveness is in Christ alone and on his finished work and, and so the greatest pardon the prophet Isaiah could say seek ye the Lord while he may be found and call upon him while he is near let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him and to our God and listen he will abundantly pardon and so there is the greatest pardon there is forgiveness from sins uh, of the deepest dye uh, I quoted City of Light I, I think this is them again no fate I dread I know I am forgiven the future sure the price it has been paid for Jesus bled and suffered for my pardon and he was raised to overthrow the grave to this I hold my sin has been defeated Jesus now and ever is my plea the chains are released and I can sing I am free yet not I but Christ in me wonderful to know that the Lord Jesus has power on earth to forgive sins he can forgive you today forgiveness the greatest pardon uh, <clears throat> I, I was struggling with the choruses the actions I'm, I'm from Peterhead uh, so you'll maybe understand it's uh, and, and, and sometimes I have to remind people well the, the Christians here were happy inside uh, but, but, but there is a, a chorus isn't there you ask me why I'm happy I'll just tell you why because my sins are gone and when I meet the scoffers 
who ask me where they are, my sins are gone. They're underneath the blood on the cross of Calvary. As far removed as darkness is from dawn. In the sea of God's forgetfulness, that's good enough for me. Praise God, my sins are gone. And so we see the greatest pardon that has been provided. And we see the greatest power. And the Lord Jesus has the power not only to forgive sins, but he says to this man, take up your bed and walk. And immediately he rose and he walked. And so the Lord Jesus Christ has the power to change lives and the power to transform lives. And so when someone comes to know the Lord Jesus, they are not the same. Oh, that we might grasp that today. Everything's different. And everything's new. And, and the, the chorus says, what a wonderful change in my life has been wrought. And so the Lord Jesus, we see the greatest power. And the way that this man acted or behaved was completely different after he met Jesus. And that's how it should be if any man be in Christ is a new creature and everybody looking at this man you know what a difference they would have seen and that's a challenge that's a challenge to us as believers isn't it because what we say is one thing but what we are and how we act is another and the greatest thing required of us is that we follow the Lord Jesus and we walk as he walked and so there's a wonderful change. And not only has Christ the power to save and the power to change, but how wonderful that he has the power to keep. My final point today is in this story, we see the greatest privilege. And remember I told you the name of the place where Jesus was? And so the greatest privilege that we can enjoy the Lord Jesus said of Capernaum that it was it was exalted to heaven because of the privilege that it had but it was brought down to hell and that is tragic isn't it to have such a privilege and yet not to know the blessing of the Lord and to reject it and that's what happened in Capernaum J.C. Ryle, Bishop Ryle, wonderful writer, expository thoughts in the Gospels, uh, really good as a daily devotional. He, he writes that no city in Palestine appears to have enjoyed so much of our Lord's presence during his earthly ministry, as did this city. It was the place where he dwelt, place where Jesus lived after he left Nazareth. It was a place where he did many miracles and where his sermons, many sermons were delivered. But nothing that Jesus said or did seems to have had any effect on the hearts of the inhabitants. They crowded to hear him until there was no room. They were amazed and they were astonished and they were filled with wonder. But they were not converted. They lived in the full noontime blaze of the son of righteousness and yet their hearts remained hard I trust there's none today if they hear the voice of God will harden their heart
And I trust as we've looked again at this miracle of the Lord Jesus, that the Spirit of God might just speak quietly into our hearts and might reveal the Lord Jesus to us, might show us what we are, might show us what he is, and that we might just trust him as our Saviour and confess him as our Lord. We'll just bow in prayer. Our Father, as we bow in thy presence at the close of our meeting today, we're just so thankful for the Lord Jesus. We're thankful for the greatness of his person, and we're thankful for the greatness of his works, and for the greatness of his work at the place called Calvary. And we're thankful that these miracles that the Lord Jesus did, they're, they're just pictures to us of the great power in salvation and the salvation that he has provided and we just pray that the word of God might be a blessing to some today an eternal blessing to some and that it might be to the blessing of your people today here in Fernie bless the word of God we pray and bless each one that is here we ask it in the Saviour's name Amen